This is SEN's NBL show with Braden Hesselhurst. Now Quals turned it over, straight in the path of Scott Sobey pulls up from the foul line, nothing but net. A show built for Australian basketball fans. Well, another one bites the dust. Well, our first one for this current NBL season, Illawarra Hawks head coach Jacob Jacomas has been sacked by the club after a two and seven start and a record of five and 32 across his one and a bit seasons at the helm. Welcome to the NBL show. I'm your host, Braden Hazelhurst. We'll start with that headline. Jacob Jacomas sacked by the Illawarra Hawks and replaced by Justin Tatum, the, the father of NBA star Jason Tatum, will take over the Illawarra Hawks as interim coach in the meantime. And we'll cover that more in depth later in the show. We've got plenty of topics to cover across the NBL on today's show. We've got a massive game for you on SEN this week from 6.30 p.m. on Saturday on SENQ, brought to you by Karina Lee's Club. We've got the Brisbane Bullets hosting the Perth Wildcats. And on the Wildcats, they've turned their season around with three, three wins on the trot. After a four-game losing streak, they host the Cairns Taipans tonight at RAC Arena and then travel to Brisbane to face a Bullets team who, after their uh, run a couple of weeks ago of three straight, they've lost two in a row, both in the closing stages. So they're struggling a little bit at the moment, despite some positive signs. And to break down the Wildcats and the league, we have NBL legend, five-time NBL champion with the Perth Wildcats, SEN family member and current NBL commentator, Damian Martin. Damian Martin, welcome to the NBL show. Thanks for having me on. First, Damo, I've got to start with uh, the termination of contract of Jacob Jacomas, Illawarra Hawks coach, and your great mate and uh, championship coach, Trevor Gleeson. Do you think he's a chance of moving into that role and replacing Jacomas? No, I don't think he is. I know he's still, you know, sitting back in Perth, getting paid out by the Toronto Raptors, <laughs> and he's still got NBA aspirations. So if it doesn't look like he's going to get called back to the NBA with probably a coach that he's formerly worked with, then, you know, he's going to have to start looking elsewhere now, whether that's Japan, where we're seeing more and more Australian coaches and Kiwi coaches head over to, or whether it's in Europe. I think once he's back in the NBL, that might be the last time we ever see him leave the shores again. So he's got other goals he wants to kick first and foremost, in my opinion, and he should. I think he belongs in the NBA, but if for whatever, for whatever reason he can't get over to the States or Europe or Southeast Asia, then uh, I dare say that's when we'll see him in the NBL, and that's where we might see him in the NBL for another 10 or 15 years, and I dare say win uh, a few more championships, which would make him the winningest coach of all time, currently one behind Brian Gorgian. And just quickly, mate, uh, Damo, who do you, who do you expect... Uh, to fill that role, do you have any uh, people you think uh, sort of on the radar or would fit that role perfectly? Oh, look, it's, I'm kind of grasping right now, but I, I look at some of the coaches who have been in very successful programs who are probably assistant coaches right now and ready for that next challenge. Uh, you look at, you know, Jacob Chance has been involved in a few interviews. I think he got pretty close with the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, Mark Bradford out of Tassie Jumpers, he was brilliant as an assistant coach back in 2010 with the Perth Wildcats. And now he's you know won a championship there, headed over to Tassie to work with Scott Roth. And it's no surprise that they continue to make the finals. I think they've got one of the best coaching 
uh, teams in the league. So there's there's a couple that might be outside of the box a little bit who aren't the current assistant coaches. But look at Justin Shuler. I think he's doing a wonderful job with the Brisbane Bullets. And he's gone from being a head coach in the junior program through to an assistant coach in, you know, with Dean Vickerman, who might be the best coach in the league. And given the opportunity, I think he's grabbed it with two hands and running with it. So I'm not opposed to them looking at assistant coaches who have been a part of very successful programs, and in particular, successful programs across multiple head coaches because then the consistent theme is them, not saying, oh, you only had success because you worked in one program with this coach and these players. Here with NBL and Perth Wildcats legend Damien Martin. Damo, uh, the Perth Wildcats have turned around their fortunes and turned around their season on a three-game winning streak at the moment. What's changed? Uh, I think that the, they've got the balance right. You know, on paper, I've always said this, names on a piece of paper don't put the ball through the hoop. And on paper, they've got so much scoring prowess. You've got big-name players like Corey Webster, Keanu Pinder, Jordan Asher, Bryce Cotton, just to name a few. But you also need a bit of structure and people knowing their role, embracing their role and playing it to the best of their ability. And if your role is scoring and you're not necessarily the greatest defender or greatest rebounder, then you probably don't have the right pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that are going to fit together to do something special. I think they've got those pieces right. You know, bringing in players like Jesse Wagstaff, who had three, you know, did not play for three out of four games. Now he's playing key minutes uh, for this Wildcats team. Bringing in Hiram Harris, to the starting position, I thought, was brilliant by John Reilly. Jordan Usher, having him off the bench as an X-Factor is a great luxury to have. But what what we see out of Hiram Harris is you know exactly what you're going to get. He's so consistent. He's going to go after every rebound. He's going to run the lanes hard. He's going to play great defense. And he's going to play at a high intensity with plenty of energy that's contagious energy for the right reasons. So I just think they've got the balance right. And Christian Doolittle might be the most underrated import in the league. I think that he and Jesse are so similar, very, very high IQ players who simply do what's right by the team in any given moment because they read the game so well. So for me, it's just about balance. I think they've done that well and bringing in role players who aren't necessarily going to drop 20 points, but they're going to make it easier for Bryce Cotton to drop 20, make it easier for Keanu Pinder to drop 20. So that for me is the biggest change is getting on the boards because they're playing the right players, playing defense, but more importantly, making it clearer at the offensive end to who they're targeting, who they want to score, and help them score in a multiple uh, range of ways. And quickly, Bryce Cotton has found his form. The, how, take us through what you think of the impact of Jesse Wagstaff coming back in the rotation has had on Bryce's scoring. Oh, massive. The first time I saw him sub in after he had, hadn't played for a few games, he would have gone and set three screens in offensive transition straight away to Bryce because one of Bryce's most effective plays at the offensive end is a kick ahead into an early on ball before any defense is set up. And it was no surprise that pretty much the first time I've seen this all year came off the back of Jesse being subbed in, making the right read in the moment and you know making Bryce look good. So Bryce is a superstar. It was always going to happen at some stage. He works too hard Monday through Thursday not to be able to go out there on a weekend and put in big performances. But I think having his old running mate back out there, simplifying the game for him, pushing him, encouraging, encouraging him has done wonders. And just with the Brisbane Bullets, the Defensive Player of the Year award is obviously named after you. Is Sam McDaniel, do you think, a chance, a sneaky chance at that award this year? Oh, not a sneaky chance. He's a big chance. I think that he has been brilliant. And I actually, I just had a, you know, a big rant about how important having the right players 
in the right positions are. And, you know, the old do the jigsaw pieces fit or not, and he fits that team because between he and Norto, it's that one-two punch. I look at Melbourne United, who I think are the best team this season so far, and they've got the same thing. They've got Shay Ely and Matthew Delavadova. So when you come up against key imports from the opposition, that one-two punch is incredible. Sham's been amazing. Norto's as tough as they get defensively. So I think they did a wonderful job of, re- of recruiting both players and just saying, hey, we'll back you to go do your thing and we'll make sure the other four guys behind you aren't, just aren't letting you down by letting easy passes or easy kickheads. So he's been fantastic for the Bullets. Damien Martin, thanks for your time. And uh, it should be a big game, not only with uh, Perth hosting the Cairns Taipans tonight, but also going to Brisbane to face the Bullets on Saturday. Damien, thanks for your time, mate. My pleasure. And go rock as a Karski. He's a star. I love him. <laughs> thanks, Damo. We're back. This is SEN's NBL show with Braden Hesselhurst. Sobey with some footwork in the jam with authority. A show built for Australian basketball fans. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! Great work behind the uh, the computers by Sam Leckie. Um, and first, we'll, we'll obviously go to the Illawarra Hawks, as I mentioned earlier, with the, the sacking of Jacob Jacomis. Uh, he's out as Illawarra Hawks coach with um, two seasons still left on his contract. So um, they might feature later in our show uh, with uh, who's on the radar for the upcoming round. But apart from that, last year's MVP for the Sydney Kings and for the NBL, Xavier Cooks. He won't be returning to the NBL anytime soon. He's signed in Japan with the Chiba Jets. That's after being waived by the Washington Wizards in the NBA. So, unfortunately for NBL fans, we won't see Xavier Cooks this season, but hopefully going forward unless he makes an NBA team. Melbourne United uh, continue to, to separate themselves from the rest of the competition, apart from the Sydney Kings, who are second on the ladder in a, what was a massive and spicy throwdown against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, United won despite several injuries to key players, and they'll feature later as well. As I mentioned, the Sydney Kings, they continue to win. They escaped again against the Brisbane Bullets at home. The Bullets held a double-digit lead and even led with five points with uh, in the closing minutes of that game. But the Sydney Kings went on a 15-0 run to win that one. And again, the Bullets lose a game through their late game struggles. They did it against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. We're in that game uh, down there in Tassie as well and did the same thing against the Brisbane Bullets. So an area for Justin Schuller to work on will be their late game execution. If they can fix that, they've shown they can compete with the best teams in the league. They may get some relief this week with Shannon Scott uh, might, re- might return against the Perth Wildcats on Saturday at Nissan Arena. He's got to go through a test, uh, a fitness test today. Tyrell Harrison, I'm told, after that calf injury uh, against Sydney will be okay. And lastly, New Zealand and Adelaide continue, continuing their struggles. Adelaide dropped one at home against Tassie and New Zealand lost at Perth to the Wildcats. So there are news headlines. And now it is time for Braden's Top Dogs. And the only group that'll feature on our top dogs today is Melbourne United coach Dean Vickerman, NBL veteran Chris Golding, 
and Melbourne United. They went into the throwdown against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix off the back of a loss the previous week to the Perth Wildcats. A bit of an upset loss to the Wildcats, actually. And this week, they went into that throwdown against the Phoenix without Matthew Delavadova, without Ian Clark, and without Luke Travers. So they're three key player starters, if not one of them comes off the bench as the sixth man. But they still recorded a convincing win over the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, 92 to 83 at John Kane Arena in what was a hostile environment, actually. It's the most Southeast Melbourne Phoenix fans I've heard at that arena since they've been uh, in the league. And it was Chris Golding who wound back the clock to his all-NBL days, and he dominated with 27 points. And I agree with Liam Santa Maria, Alan Williams, Leonard Copeland, and Cam Luke, who on the overtime show said that Chris Golding is a chance to be in the MVP race. And I know his numbers haven't been as good as previous years, but um, this year he's really taken a step forward and they've got so many stars around that team, but he continues to shine when needed and hit big ga- uh, big time shots in big games and none more so than the weekend. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix couldn't stop Chris Golding. He dominated. Joe Luala Chul uh, wound back the clock to two years ago when he was an MVP candidate as well. Really tough matchup for Alan Williams. Joe Luala Chul is one of those guys that uh, pose a threat to Alan Williams. Not many people do, but he seems to be a bit of a matchup problem for the Phoenix big man. And then they even had the likes of Flynn Cameron and other bench players stand up as well. And to me, it shows the difference in winning cultures between the two teams. Melbourne have already established that. They've won several championships. Dean Vickerman has been around and done that. And Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are still trying to get there. And I think despite the efforts of the weekend and the result on the weekend, and despite the difference in culture, I, I think what Mike Kelly and, and assistant coach Sam McKinnon and Luke Brennan are building down there is on their way. So they're definitely making improvements. But to me, that game just showed the difference between the two clubs, their winning culture and, and how they've gotten there. So uh, a huge win for Melbourne United and huge efforts from Melbourne United coach Dean Vickerman and Chris Golding. And who's on the radar this week? And this week, four on the radar for the upcoming round, we returned to Illawarra. We were there for our on the radar section last week, and we go straight back to the Illawarra, Illawarra Hawks. And it's after the sacking of Jacob Jacomis. And But this, this week, I'm not taking aim at Jacob. I'm taking aim at the Illawarra Hawks front office. They brought in Jacob Jacomis after legendary coach Brian Gorgian left the Hawks to focus on things overseas as well as the Boomers. But what support did they give Jacob Jacomis as far as the the support around him on the bench? What happens to first-year coaches in any sport? They get assistant coaches who have a lot of experience in the league or a former player who's been there and done that to help them along the way. And he didn't have that. His assistant coach is one guy in Paul Mellard who's been around for a long time, had one year as an assistant coach in the NBL, but apart from that, has spent most of the time in the State League. And his other couple of assistant coaches are young, young, play, are young assistant coaches who have not much experience in the NBL. They have coached the lower levels and, and things like that, but where is, your, uh, where is your help coming from when things go bad? or when you're doing something wrong and you need a reminder and someone who knows what is required to win at this level. Look at Justin Shuler, his first year as coach. Who has, he's got as a, who has he got as assistant coaches at the Brisbane Bullets? 
First of all, he's got Greg Vanderjad, who's played in the league and been an assistant coach for multiple years. And then secondly, he's got Daryl McDonald, an NBL legend who has also been a head coach in the league and been an assistant coach for multiple years as well. So he's got plenty of help, even though Justin Schuller probably doesn't need it as much as a Jacob Jacomas. Andrew Gaze, when he stepped in as coach of the Sydney Kings, who did he have? He had his great mate, Leonard Copeland, but he also had Dean Vickerman alongside him, someone who's won championships as a head coach. So where was the support? I know his assistant, Jacob Jacomas' assistant coach, were his mates, but sometimes as a front office, you've got to save a coach from themselves. And you've got to say, here, you need an experienced assistant coach to be alongside you and help you along the journey. They didn't do that. And now they're stuck in this situation. What is your move now? You've got Justin Tatum as the interim coach, but your next hire needs to be the right one because you can't afford to get two wrong ones in a row, especially when you're a regional town who's already struggling to get crowds at their home venue. So this week on the radar and firmly in our sights is the Illawarra Hawks front office. So that's all we have time for for those segments. Quickly, we'll go through the round four draw before we finish up. Tonight, we've got Tasmania hosting New Zealand, Perth hosting Cairns on Friday. It's the return of Daniel Johnson to Adelaide. Adelaide hosts the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Sad day, we've got Cairns hosting Tasmania. Brisbane, the big one. Our coverage will be uh, brought to you by Karina Lee's Club starting from 6.30 at Nissan Arena. Brisbane hosting Perth. Sunday, you've got New Zealand versus Illawarra and Melbourne versus Sydney. So that's all we have time for today. We'll see you next week on the NBL Show.